Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now here are your hosts, Mark and Carol. Hey everybody, welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my girlfriend Carol. How you doing, Carol? I'm good. How are you? I'm uh, I'm doing pretty good. We've had a pretty good week this week. Uh we passed around episode two around uh, school. Some people from some other schools uh, expressed some interest. They heard about it, so uh, I've had to buy some more blank tapes, and uh, we have kind of increased our audience, so to speak. So, you know, that's good. Uh, people seem to really enjoy us talking about the pop culture of the day. Uh, of course they enjoy it. How could they not? It's us. <laughs> But it is, uh, it is January 15th, 1994, and we've got some, some follow-up news. I'm sure you guys have now heard about this because this is becoming a big story about the Nancy Kerrigan news that we broke last week on the show. Apparently, there is some rumors and some arrests have been made, investigations going on. That Tanya Harding's husband, Jeff Galuli, was part of a conspiracy to hurt Nancy Kerrigan. There, I mean, it seems like Nancy, or it seems like Tanya Harding was probably in on this too, although that hasn't been determined at this time. Unclear whether or not she is going to compete in the Olympics. Nancy Kerrigan looks like she will probably recover. I don't know. How much this injury will hurt her chances but this is uh it's really exploding i mean the olympics start next month and it's unclear who the americans have as far as skaters go this whole story is crazy so wait a minute so we've got tanya harding may or may not even be in jail or you know facing charges or whatever and then nancy kerrigan's still recovering yep that's correct. We don't have anybody else. There are some other, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not too keen on all the names. I don't follow Olympic figure skating <laughs> super uh, closely, but there, there are some others, but nobody that's in top contention for, you know, uh, gold, silver, or bronze medal. So we're just screwed this year. Sounds like. Yeah, I mean, unless uh, Kerrigan can recover, uh, you know. I don't know. It's, uh, I'll tell you what, I think that a lot of people are going to be watching, especially, let's say that for whatever reason, either Tanya Harding wasn't involved in it, or they don't arrest her, or they don't ban her from the sport, um, and she skates, and Nancy Kerrigan also skates. Hmm. That, honestly, I don't know if that's the best thing for the criminal justice system, but that would be the best thing for the Olympic Committee because that would be widely watched. Oh, yeah. But uh, we'll keep you updated on this story as new information becomes available. But just craziness. It appears some sort of conspiracy. Lots of people uh, involved. Uh, some guy named uh, Scant and, um, you know, Galuli. Weird name. That is a weird name. Um, and uh, a couple other people involved as well. So, uh, yeah, just uh, craziness there. The other uh, thing I wanted to talk about, this is not necessarily news as far as 
you're not going to see this on Entertainment Tonight or something like that. But um, uh, Carol showed me the the internet. We talked about it on our first episode, and I got one of those AOL discs, and I went on. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it is. You can uh, you can go to to these different chat rooms and just talk to anyone around the world. And I think a lot of it is people kind of trying to to find people to date and stuff yeah. like that. It seems like a lot of that are people flirting and stuff like that. But um, you, there's this one that I went to where it was guess the uh, the song. And people would put in, um, it was like like a game that they started in this chat room. Okay. It was like a music-themed chat room. And it was, uh, you. someone puts in the first couple lines of a song, and then they everyone tries to guess it, and whoever guesses the song first, then it's their turn to, to do a song and see if, you know, everybody can guess that. So that, that's... That's a pretty fun game that uh, people just kind of invented. And it's funny, I like I was playing with people from uh, Toronto in, in Canada and people from like as far away as, uh, we're in Michigan obviously, but uh, people as far away as, you know, Las Vegas and Los Angeles and, and things like that. And, um, you know, it's just, it's crazy to think that without a phone, mm-hmm. you can just talk to somebody that far away and... You know, it's like, I don't know, it, it seems like a more personal communication than a phone in some ways. How is how, how is that? Well, you're, I don't, because you're able to like write so much, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's, I don't know, it's sort of, like you were saying, it's kind of like, uh, I'm sure a lot of you aren't, haven't been on the AOL or anything yet, but it's sort of like, um, it's sort of like, writing a letter Mm -hmm. you know and there's there's a lot of personal communication that you can put into a letter right so it's sort of like writing a letter and a phone conversation kind of at the same time but mostly you're talking to strangers so i don't get very personal Do, do you well no i don't get very personal but um there are people that do you know but yeah so that's uh, that's definitely interesting. There's I, I came across... I was looking around at a bunch of different things on there. And I came across... Um, there are these things that are called um, sites. So there's not a lot of them right now. But you can go... I got uh, Net, Netscape Navigator. Just came out. Um, and uh, you can use it. To go to different places that are on the there, I think they're calling it the World Wide Web, mm-hmm. um, or the you know the the net yeah. stuff like that, um, and uh, but you can go to different places on there where different people have basically. I don't know how to describe this. It's kind of like a storefront. You know what I mean? Like if you go, if you go, if you're like walking in a mall. And you see all the different storefronts and they all have their own signs. You know, this is uh, the limited, you know, and, and stuff like that. Well, I love the mall, so you, get, you got me there. Okay. And so it's kind of like that. There are these different sites. They have their own names and they have their own uh, signage and stuff like that. And they do different things. And um, there's this one 
that I saw. It's called Amazon, like the river. Okay. Uh, and they sell books. Oh. So, you know, I know, like, obviously when we want, but you know, we go to Borders or B. Dalton's. Mm-hmm. Um, I love going to Borders. But, uh, yeah, that's, the, that's, that's one of my favorite places, too. I like reading a lot. But, um, yeah, so they, they sell books th- through the mail, basically. So why, why would you order it online like that instead of going to the store? Yeah, I don't know um, because, you know, you can't really read it. So I guess it would have to be something that you really wanted, that you really knew you wanted. You know what I mean? Um, because you can't, obviously, like when you go to Borders, you can pick up a book. You can look through it. You can kind of get a sense of what it is and if you want it and stuff like that. Uh, this, you can't. You can't read any of it. It's just pictures of the books. Okay. So it's just the titles. Uh, and then you, you know, you if you want. But I think the probably the hook of it is, is that if it's a rare book that they don't have in, in some bookstores, they could probably get it for you. Like, I know there's been a couple times with some rarer Stephen King books, because I'm a big fan of Stephen King, where it's because he does some limited edition stuff. Uh-huh. It's harder to find in bookstores, although they usually can order it for you. Exactly. So it seems kind of, I don't know, pointless. Yeah, I don't think that it will last. Um, I know, I, like, there was a uh, VHS that I saw of, um, like, kind of a, like an instructional thing on how to use the internet and stuff like that. Okay. And um, they talked about the different shopping that you could do on there. And I don't really think that will ever go anywhere because, I mean, it's so important when you're shopping for uh, just, I mean, just think of anything, you know, food, obviously, but even like a bed or a couch. Makeup. Yeah. You want to try this stuff. You want to see it. You want to be able to touch it, you know, and you want to be able to look around at different things. So I don't really think that it will probably uh, take off. I think probably more of the future of it is the talking to people because I think people like to communicate with with other people and kind of get those ideas out. I know the government and stuff is using it to put a lot of information on there, which is kind of cool too. Yeah. Um, And they have this, I think, um, you know, I think a good thing that they could put on there is like an encyclopedia type thing, you know? Yeah, for sure. I think that that would probably be good and, and for like research papers and things like that. You know what I was thinking hmm. selfishly we make we, we spend all this money on cassette tapes uh-huh. to make copies of the show we're doing and we send them out to people and everything. I thought how cool would it be if there was some way that we could put our show on the internet and people could just listen to it. Yeah, I mean that would be that would be cool. I have no idea how how you would do something like that though. But I mean, I, I don't really think I don't really think you can because I don't think I know they have pictures and stuff on there, but I don't think you can really play like not that not that much sound. I mean, we we could make a website like like you're talking about like the storefronts to advertise and sell our stuff, maybe. Like to sell the tapes. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Maybe some people who aren't local would want them i don't know maybe if we have 
some ambition. Maybe I'll. I mean, I don't even know how. I don't know how they do this yeah. when they put the pictures and stuff up there. I'd have to probably take a class, or I don't know. Um, that sounds like a lot of work. Forget, forget that. So yeah, I mean, no one's gonna buy this anyway. You know what I mean? Like no one's gonna, no one's gonna give us money for this. Right. Right. But yeah, I just wanted to tell you guys about the the experience that I had with the AOL disc. Uh, mine gave me like thirty free hours. I still have, I think, around fifteen or or ten hours left. But you can get these discs a lot of places. And you can just keep putting them in and keep getting free free time. Uh, other than that, I think it's something like. Uh, 20 bucks a month or something like that to access it i know um i know people have been doing it it's getting more popular i have to say though i really think the whole thing is kind of a just a fad you think so yeah i don't think i mean i think like the talking to people and stuff like that's kind of cool and i think there are some things that you could do on there that are kind of cool but i really don't think that it's gonna last i mean i think it's just like it's just like anything else where it's kind of a fad. And I think eventually, you know, in the next few years, it'll probably die down. So you think people would rather talk face-to-face or on the phone? and Even well, yeah. though, you know, it takes longer and it's more effort to... What takes longer to call someone on the phone? You have to... I mean, we don't have rotary phones anymore. You can't, I mean, well, my some of my grandparents still do. but But, like, you just... You know, you just dial the number. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that doesn't take long. Or if you really need to talk to someone right away, you page them. Well, okay, but, like, what about if you have a friend who lives in another state, right? So you're racking up all these long-distance bills. Well, yeah, the long-distance thing is... But, I mean, like, they want to charge $20 a month for this thing. And I don't think anyone's going to pay $20 a month to have... That's a little expensive, but just to long-distance. But, I mean, just to be able to talk to people, like, uh, you know... Through writing uh, on this computer, you know, and that's and the other thing too is computers are expensive. Yeah, I mean, I just I, I don't know, like you know, I mean, I I just got a computer for Christmas this year, and um, you know, so it, it, I've got one, and and some other people are getting them, but I mean, and it's you know, it does take a while to get on the the thing and it takes a while for stuff to load yeah. as far as the 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 uh online stuff goes or the internet or however you want to say it it does take a long time but uh and it ties up the phone when you're doing it right how many times have you been kicked off because you know your mom picked up the phone because she wants to make a phone call endless endless times right so i'm just saying if they can figure out a way to to for it to not tie up our phone lines I mean, maybe, you know, but no one's going to be on there all day ever (laughs) if it's tying up the phone lines all the time. For sure. Um, But anyway, so that's uh, that's our Internet story. And I will say, even though I think it's kind of a fad, I think everyone should try it out. It's it's fun and it's it's definitely something different. Um, And yeah, you know, try it out if you want to. And I think uh, you can find those those AOL discs. They're starting to get around. They just started them, I think. I read in the newspaper that they started last year, like late 1993, and um, now they're getting more. There, more of them are out there, and and this is how they're trying to get people to sign up for their their service. So, so you can find them for sure, and you know, try it out and see see what you think of it. It's definitely a fun time. Yeah, it's it's fun to play with for sure. 
but uh, we'll get into our TV picks of the week. Uh, I'll go first with my TV pick. As you know, everyone, I am a huge fan of Saved by the Bell, the college years. Mm, Piece of crap. Carol does not like the show. Um, But something exciting happened on this week's episode where Kelly is finally over Professor Lasky and she's open to dating Zach again, which is, I think, I know that, um, you know, like I've been reading in the, in the variety and the different, um, the different entertainment papers that it's not doing well as far as an audience goes. I mean, it's only got, you know, something like 10 million viewers, you know, and stuff like that. And, um, well, I mean, that's low though. You know, when you consider that the, the most popular shows get, you know, 30, 40 million people every week. But, um, yeah, so they're only getting like 10 million. And, um, now, uh, you know, but I think this is the thing that is going to turn it around for everybody. This is what everyone wants to see is Zach and Kelly back together. So to recap on the episode, uh, it was sort of light on jokes. This episode, you know, they, they, they tried some. I'm sorry. So, so you think that everybody wants to see Zach and Kelly together. Right. And that now that this is, so listen up people, Zach and Kelly are getting together. Let's see. Are those numbers going to go up? Put the word out there. It's Zach and Kelly, everybody. Let's get on there. (laughs) Carol's got a lot of sarcasm for Saved by the Bell, the college years. It's stupid. But you liked Saved by the Bell. I don't get it. I liked Saved by the Bell, and I like Zach and Kelly, but the show, it's not entertaining anymore. Maybe I'm outgrowing it. I, I don't know. It's just, it's not doing it. Well, I still like it. Uh, although I have some problems with it, but, um, you know, the, the, the woman that plays, uh, their Dean, Mm -hmm. I can't, I think her last name's Holland. I think, uh, she's pretty good, but I don't like her in this role. I think, I don't know. I think she needs to play like, I think she would be a good sarcastic mom. Yeah. Like, I think she should do something like that. That would be, I think that's her kind of bread and butter. Maybe. She's a good sarcastic mom versus a good sarcastic dean. Then. Well, just as a dean, she seems... See, I think you can get away in a sitcom with a mom being like super judgy and stuff like that. And, and always kind of cutting down uh, like her sons say. But as a dean, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. She's supposed to be like fostering the academic you know, life of these people. I guess. I mean, Mr. Belding was supposed to be fostering their academic life, and he did. You, you, you don't. You, you didn't watch Saved by the Bell closely, Mr. Belding. There were some episodes where they 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 messed with his character a little bit, but those were only like here and there. Most of the time, he was a caring, nurturing uh, principal and instructor that really cared about his students and those kids he but he was you know a quote-unquote fool he played the fool in the shows his character is the most in in my mind is the most important character in say by the bell okay and maybe that's why 
you know, they, they got Mike Golick, the former uh, NFL player, to um, to try to fill that role. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he does it like Mr. Belding did. I think maybe that's kind of, you know, because he's the linchpin. So I think maybe that's why they're, they're struggling. But I'm hoping that th- this will turn it around. But anyway, so... The, the basically the the real quick plot of the episode is that Zach is doing all these things to try to get Kelly to fall in love with him again, but she's still hung up on Lasky, and Lasky comes into the hospital where she volunteers uh, with a, a, an ulcer, and she you know he's trying to push her away and and all this stuff because he's a professor and she's a student he doesn't want to date her, and you know eventually she just she realizes that Zach wants her and will do anything for her and this guy won't. So she uh you know she yells at Lasky and then intimates that she's interested in starting a relationship with Zach. So, you know, and there's a, a B plot with Screech getting a tattoo uh for the fraternity that he's joined and and uh Slater and um oh who's the girl that he Alex. dates? Alex, yeah that's right. I always mix up Alex and Leslie, but uh, getting tattoos of each other's name, which, by the way, is dumb. Oh, yeah. I think Carol and I, I, I hope that Carol and I are together for the rest of our lives. Aw. But. Me too, baby. And that you always host the show with me. <laughs> but uh, but I don't ever plan on getting a tattoo of Carol's name on my body. How dare you? Well, I just, I don't, uh... Honey, I don't want one either, don't worry. Yeah, I think it's, uh... It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's one of those dumb things that people do. Not as dumb as getting, uh, what was it the one guy in the show had? Tweety Bird on his back? Yeah, Tweety Bird on his butt. He's supposed to be the Mr. Belding replacement? I know, that's what I'm saying, it doesn't work. Yeah. But, um... But, yeah, he, uh... That's another thing, too. I like the show a lot, but that's such a cheap joke. Someone have, having a tattoo on their butt is, like, the cheapest humor possible. Yeah. But anyway, the other show that, uh, you know, what your pick for the week is... Uh, Mad About You. This was such a cute episode. Um, Paul had to go to Chicago to make a movie. And he was coming home every weekend. And, you know, this just kind of follows from weekend to weekend, you know, when he comes home and, and how things change between them. Like in the beginning, she's waiting, you know, desperately to see him. And, you know, they go through different things where like after a few weeks, they can't sleep comfortably together. And, you know, the one time he walks in and she's reading and she's just like puts her finger up like, Shh. Right. um, but it, it's, it's super cute. And I just, I love Paul and Jamie. I think that they are an awesome couple. It reminded me a lot of you and me watching the show how how's that just kind of i don't know like i guess i put myself in their position mm-hmm. sort of you know and i like i think like if i had to be away and we had like a long distance relationship kind of like that for a period of time that it it's sort of similar to how we would be kind of maybe i i kind of hope we never have to find out i i, I don't think that would be fun no, I don't think it would be fun either, and I'm not saying that we should do anything like that. I'm just saying that I think, I don't know, just the way they kind of banter with each other, interact with each other and stuff, it just reminded me of, of us. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. 
but uh, yeah, that was definitely a good episode. And so many wacky things happen as uh, uh, her sister comes to visit, to live with them for a while. Because she's afraid to go back to her apartment because someone stole her windows. <laughs> and, and Paul says he thinks she's hallucinating. I mean, t- seriously. Who steals windows? How, how do windows go away? <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't get that. I don't get how someone steals windows. And if you were going to steal windows, why, that's the only thing you'd steal. Right? Like, if you're taking the windows out, then just go in and steal the stuff in the apartment. For sure. How, yeah. much, how much do windows go for on the black market? <laughs> I just, I, I don't, I don't get that one very much, but, uh, yeah, that's our, our TV picks of the week. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of great, uh, TV shows out there and we'll try to highlight, uh, some different ones every week. Uh, just things that we thought were kind of the highlights of the week in television. But, uh, to th- today, our main topic, and we did not, as we talked about yesterday, we did not go to the theater this time this was my girlfriend carol's pick Mm -hmm. because of my horrible pick of cabin boy last time so carol why don't you introduce uh, what movie we saw and and give your your thoughts so we we got to watch one of the best classic 80s uh movies ever the breakfast club one of my favorites nine years old already yeah it's a great movie though It, it stands the test of time yeah so this this came out when uh when I was, like, I think in first grade, something like that. Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. So, yeah, this uh, John Hughes, obviously, the great John Hughes, um, and just a classic. His, the second movie that he ever directed, wrote, wrote and directed this movie, first one was 16 Candles, the year before, 10 years ago. Now we're already on the... 10th anniversary of 16 candles wow 1984 um obviously he started out at the national lampoon magazine for those of you from the the 70s uh that remember that and uh if any of the parents of uh you know our classmates are listening and into the the 80s um and he wrote for them and then wrote the screenplay for national lampoon's vacation which is one of my favorite movies yeah, with uh, Chevy Chase and, and everything. And um, so he wrote that and then he started making his own films. And this was the second feature that he ever did. Very, I don't want to say it's a claustrophobic movie because it's not really, I mean, that's not the tone that it goes no. for. But it's a very, it's a locked down movie. Well, I guess yeah. that's, I guess that's kind of the best way to describe it the camera's not always in a locked down position it's not like a david lynch film or something like that but um it's it all takes place in one location this school mostly in the library and it's mostly dialogue between the characters as far as any kind of action goes and and this movie is a character exploration you know you've got the different kind of archetypes of you know cliched high school students so you've got the princess, the jack, the brain, the criminal, as they called him, right? <laughs> um, and the basket case. Right. So, um, I I think that I would most closely identify with the basket case. Yeah, we watched this with a few friends, and uh, we rented it from Blockbuster, obviously, and we watched it with a few friends, and 
everyone said I'd be the jock, <laughs> which I don't know that I 100% agree with. But you play sports. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's probably the closest one for me. Well, I mean, I, I guess the, the whole point is that nobody fits entirely in any of the categories, but... Right. Yeah, I wouldn't say that you're exactly a basket case. Well, no, I'm not. But, I mean, I'm definitely not a princess. Right. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I just, I love watching how the characters interact and, and at the end, you know, um, the, the changes that have occurred. Um, I have a question for you, though, that one of our, our friends, Eva, brought up. Sure. Why do you think they call themselves the Breakfast Club? Yeah, I don't know. That is interesting because they eat lunch. Right, not breakfast. Yeah, but they don't eat breakfast. They eat lunch. And they're there all day. They're yeah. there from, what is it? Uh, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m., nine hours. Right, so basically a school day. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know why... They land on the the name Breakfast Club. That's that's a really interesting yeah. question. Um, it's so weird because I mean this isn't like the first time I've seen it, but that never occurred to me. But um, I'm sorry. I just want to say one more thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Good. Uh, Brian, right? Brian was the brain. Yes, Anthony Michael. Yeah. When he he asks them, you know, what's going to happen on Monday, and you know, if I come up to you in the hall. Are, are we all still going to be friends? Mm-hmm. And you know what that reminded me of is my friend Heather. Because, you know, I, I'm sure you, you know, some of you know that I'm, I'm not the most popular person, especially uh, freshman year. And uh, Heather has always been popular. Everybody loves her. And we walk around together. And some of you um, <clears throat> douches out there have said to her, hey, what are you doing with, with Carol? Hey, why are you hanging out with her? And she'd be like, because she's my friend. That's right. I'm her friend. Suck it. <laughs> and that, it, that does seem like what's going to happen. Uh, obviously, during that scene, Molly Ringwald's character, Claire, she answers what you know she thinks is an honest answer and probably is the honest answer for a lot of people. Where she says, you know, they're probably not going to be friends. Right. That the the popular kids deal with peer pressure to a degree that the other kids don't. Mm-hmm. And that's it, it's an interesting look at the social hierarchy of high school. Where the ones who are really popular deal with all this pressure... And the ones who aren't deal with all the suppression from the ones who are popular, basically. And if you extrapolate it out into society, it's not those those classes aren't as clear. Mm-hmm. They're not as clearly defined, but they're all still there. Yeah. You know, and if you look at uh, the ones who are, quote, popular as politicians or the police or people in authority positions right they can feel a lot of pressure from each other from other outside forces and then people who are say like poor or the homeless or don't have enough food or minorities uh homosexuals they feel a lot of the oppression from those groups you know there's a lot like a lot of people who are homosexual don't 
even feel like they can tell anyone. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, I would say a good, I don't have, sci- this is not scientific because I don't have scientific figures on this, but I would say, you know, a, a good over 50%, maybe as much as 70 or 80% of people who are who are homosexual don't tell anyone they are, not, well, op- not openly. I mean, they obviously tell some people, but yeah, they're not open about it. Right. And, you know, that's unfortunate that that, that happens in society. And, you know, I know that... Um, that black people don't face as much discrimination now nearly as they did 30 years ago. But, um, you know, they, uh, they're, you know, there's still, there are still problems. There are still, you know, there's still work that needs to be done. And, And so I think it's interesting to see how each high school sort of mirrors society in that way. And like I said, it's, in high school, they're really clear definitions. And in the real world, it's more muddled and harder to see. But I think uh, I think it's definitely interesting. But I do think that they will remain friends. That's that's the the thought that I get watching the movie. Yeah, I think so, too. I think she, she was wrong. And I think it may have changed for her, too, once she decided to... Uh to date john right yeah what a great name too, bender that's a great <laughs> yeah. that, that should be used more often but um but yeah i uh i and i think the i think the romantic relationships are a big part of the reason because those are those seem to be able to transcend class mm-hmm. you know because you don't get to choose who you like right basically so um you get to choose your friends, and a lot of times people choose other people who are exactly the same as them. But when you fall in love with somebody, you don't really choose it. And I think that's the big difference. She likes John Bender, and she doesn't know why, mm-hmm. Claire. But she does. So they start the beginning of a relationship, and it's the same with... Um, I can't remember his name. I mean, it's Emilio Estevez, but I can't remember... Can't remember his character's name. Oh wow, neither can I. But the, the jock, he uh, he likes Ali Sheedy's character, mm-hmm. the basket case, especially after she got the makeover from Claire. Yeah, well, it kind of bugs me. But I think he liked her before anyway because of the con. They they had that conversation that that um, very personal conversation between the two of them, where he talked about uh you know, himself a lot and sort of the pressure he was feeling. And he talked to her Mm -hmm. about what her family life was like. And I think that relationship was born there. Not, not when she got the makeover. I don't think it was all about looks. I think that, I think Claire did that because she could see the relationship that was, and she was like, you know, I'll help her out. Mm -hmm. And I think that turned his head a little more, but I think the, I think their relationship was already, connected there yeah that makes sense and like when she says when he's talking and she says to him because you can't think for yourself and he says no she's right i think she from that conversation gained an understanding of him and he gained an understanding of her yeah and i think they connected as people and not their stereotypes and i think that's kind of what the the movie's about and it's funny 10 years later i mean almost 10 years later um it's still really relevant. It's oh, yeah. still a really relevant movie because those, you know, just look at our high school or, you know, if you're from another high school 
look at uh, you know another high school or if your parents that are listening to this too think about um, your high school when you were a kid it's all it's like that I mean those those hierarchies and those different class structures they all exist in high school still and oh, they yeah. probably will for, forever yeah forever I mean it's just part of Schools just set up like that. The fact that there are sports programs, there are academic programs, there are social clubs, like you know Claire was talking about, and, and things like that. The that that setup is a breeding ground for this type of of separation of people. Yeah, and uh, and so that's why it's uni- That's part of the reason why it's universal. I mean, yeah, it's a separation for sure, but at the same time, it's also. I, it's di- people are different and school caters to different people and i i don't think that it's necessarily breeding you know uh separation it's just that's what kids do because they haven't learned to accept the differences yet yeah i agree and i think that's you know people like talk about um inclusion and stuff like that and how different places will like different colleges will have quotas on how many of this type of person or how many of this type of person they'll let in and and things like that and people talk about it like it's bad i don't really necessarily think that it's bad i mean i wish that we were at a point where it didn't matter that just the best students got to go where you know where, where they wanted to go to college and stuff no matter what but i don't think it's necessarily bad because the importance of it is seeing different type of people mm-hmm. like one of the reasons i like going to public school and i don't like private school as much is because in private school you meet kids that are all the same they're all cut from the same cloth for the most part uh you know i mean i guess unless Let's say Country Day is a private school around us. They have a lot of athletes from Detroit or other, uh, you know, urban areas who are there on scholarship (laughs) because they're super athletes that might not necessarily be able to afford to go to Country Day otherwise because they get scholarships. And so they're slight, they're different. I mean, not in a bad way or anything, but they're different. They've had a different upbringing, the different types of people, mostly than the, the uh, upper crust quote unquote people that go there but for the most part in private schools you have all the same type of people mostly white mostly from upper back middle you know upper middle class or rich backgrounds and they all have had similar experiences when you go to college like when, when you and I are going to go to college I think it's nice to be able to meet someone who is black or from let's say India or Japan, or Germany, or or something like that, or someone that grew up really rich, or someone that grew up really poor, someone that grew up in the middle, because they all have different experiences, they all have different takes on life, they all have different outlooks based on how they grew up, and I think that's important to get those different types of views. Yeah, I, I hope that we do get to experience that in college. But uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's an important I think that's important to be able to. It's the same with a, like getting a liberal arts education in college. The importance of a liberal arts education isn't so that you can be a liberal arts teacher or whatever someone does with a liberal arts education, but it's exposure to different things. 
you know, when you take art history or when you take humanities or you take some of these other classes that are not necessarily part of your your major, then you get different perspectives and different ways to look at things and different ways to think about things as opposed to let's say you wanted to be an engineer and then you went to college and all you had to take was engineering classes so you just learned about engineering and there were no prerequisites like it's just engineering and math and science and that those are the only classes that you take and you don't take any english or there's no prerequisites for that well i think that's kind of the difference between a college degree and a certification yeah but i think like I said, yeah, I agree with what you're saying for sure. But I think the importance of that, of be, of having to take those prerequisites that don't necessarily go to your major is to be able to look at things differently and mm-hmm. to get a different perspective on things yeah. and to be just more well-rounded person. Agreed. But uh, yeah, so The Breakfast Club definitely kind of, it's a funny movie and it's a fun movie. I'm sure a lot of you have already seen it. It's It was a pretty popular film. But, um, if you haven't, you should, oh, for sure. Go to Blockbuster. We just returned our copy. So go to Blockbuster (laughs) and check it out. But, um, but yeah, it's a fun movie and a a funny movie, but it's, it also has a lot of underpinnings of serious, yes, kind of, you know, topics and discussions like Caroline just had that you, you can, that you can get into. And it's, I think it's, it's a very interesting movie for sure. Yeah, if anyone wants to uh, continue these discussions, you know, please uh, come come by my locker. I love talking about this movie. So, yeah, for sure, uh, me uh, me as well. And um, yeah, if you like, if you want us to talk about anything on the show, just like send us a note, or you know, you can put it in the locker. If there's anything that you want to hear, anything you want us to touch on, or any questions you have, or anything like that, you can do that, and we will uh, we'll read it on on the show. Ladies, I want to know which of the guys you think is hotter. I mean, I, I think in 90% of cases it's not Brian, but it could be. Um, so, <laughs> um, the brain Brian, the criminal John, or the jock whose name escapes us, Emilio Estevez. So. Who would you pick? Yes. I think you would probably think uh, John. Yes. Yeah. And then you don't think that I'm him. <laughs> now, is that just looks or attitude? Um, it's the whole thing. Yeah. But, um, you know, just because I, I mean, yeah, you're not a burnout criminal. You know that. <laughs> Flustered there, huh? <laughs> and guys, which, which girl do you think is, uh, is prettier? There's a, this one, in this one, there's and, only two to choose from. And which one do you think is prettier? Uh, Ali Sheedy's character. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I think Ali Sheedy is prettier than uh, Molly Ringwald just in general. Okay. But um, I like Ali Sheedy's character more than, than, you know, if you talk about personality, just as their characters, not the actresses, because right. I, I don't know the actresses. But the characters in the, in the movie, I, I like I like her. She seems more introspective. She seems like she understands people better. She she is a, a kind of a lot like you in in, in uh, instances where it seems like she'd be interested in psychology and stuff like that because she seems to understand people really well. And yeah, I just I like her character better. But that is uh, our film for this week. Next week, 
I'm going to have to look at the paper again. I'm not exactly sure what is coming out in theaters. I know that at the beginning of next month is what I'm kind of looking forward to. It's, uh, you know, Jim Carrey, uh, who was in the, in Living Color, Fire Marshal Bill. Yeah. He's uh, in a new movie. His, I think it's his first movie. Uh, called Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Oh, okay. That should be funny. So that looks like, I've seen previews for it, that looks like it's it's going to be pretty humorous. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm not sure exactly what's coming out next week, though. Uh, we'll look through the paper and we'll decide on, on something to do. But uh, our last segment is our, our blockbuster pick of the week. Now, not a lot has come out this week to VHS. So... We only have one pick this week. Normally, Carol and I try to do one each. But uh, the only pick this week is a movie that came out last year called Heart and Souls with Robert Downey Jr. Um, but this movie is basically a, three people die. Or four people, I think it is, die. And um, they come back as ghosts as uh, they are... Guardian Angels to Robert Downey Jr.'s character. And it's sort of a romantic comedy about about that, about his life, and them trying to help him and sort of earn their way into heaven kind, okay. of, kind of thing. It's a very uh, it's a very charming and good movie. It's kind of a romantic comedy, like I said, but it has it has some more elements than that. And it's a really as a romantic comedy, it's really good anyway. So, Heart and Souls, it's available at Blockbuster now. I, you know, I would suggest everyone check it out. And, uh, yeah, that's our pick for the week. So, maybe I'll get Carol to see that at some point. Maybe. <laughs> I do like the romantic comedies. So. It's like pulling teeth getting you to watch some of these movies that I want to see. I'm scared of what you want to see. No, I know. Just one bad pick does not make an entire, a person's entire oeuvre. Well, you'll have to redeem yourself. Yeah, well, we'll see next week uh, what's what's playing and what we're going to do. But uh, that is our show for the week. Thank you for listening. Uh, we will see you all next week. Again, if you you know if you want to um, if you want to uh, let us know what you want to hear or have a question or anything, you can leave a note for us. Yeah. Um, we're also taking donations. Uh, for the show, if it, you know, we give these these uh, cassette tapes away for free. Slide it in my locker, not his. <laughs> so if you want, you can go. You can slide a dollar into uh, into Carol's locker or something like that. If you feel like it, no pressure. Um, but yeah, we've uh, we're enjoying doing this for you guys, and every little bit helps. You know, sure. to, to be able to pay for us to go to the the movies and, and, <laughs> and all the time and rent these videos and stuff like that. So thank you guys for listening and we will see you next week. Bye. Have a good week.